Thank you for tuning in to Far Better, where we look to be pleasing to God in this life, so our eternity is far better. I'm your host, Michael Clark, and with me I have someone that is known to the brotherhood and to those in the church as B.J. Clark, but I call him Dad, uh, so I'll be calling him Dad the whole program. Uh, Dad, it's good to have you on the program today. Son, it's good to be on the program. Yeah. Thank you. We're talking in our summer season about Christianity being a far better than, and then filling in the blank. Mm -hmm. And in this next two episodes, we're going to talk about Christianity is far better than a doubting life. Mm -hmm. And what we really see in our world today is people doubting a lot of things. You know, they doubt whether the earth is really round. They doubt whether or not gender is really just male and female. And there's so much doubt that goes on. But one of the main things that people doubt about is whether there really is a God, the existence of God. Why do people doubt that there's a God? Some of that is because it's been planted in their minds by people that don't want them to believe in God because if they believe in God, then uh, Satan doesn't you know, have what he wants. Satan would love for everyone to deny the existence of God. The Bible talks about this as being something that uh, the fool has said in his heart. There's no God, Psalm 14, 1. And it's so important that Psalm 53, 1 says the same thing. And then Romans 1 says that uh, those who are not believing in God really are without excuse because the <clears throat> invisible things of him are clearly seen, it says, even his eternal power in Godhead. So I think, Michael, a lot of the doubt is generated by people who don't want to be governed by anyone. They don't want anyone to be in charge of them. And if there's no God, then I don't have to do what he says. Right. If there's no creator, I'm not obligated to do anything that he says. And what you mentioned about Satan, the very first thing Satan did when Adam and Eve were created was attack them. Try to create doubt. Right. Hath, hath God said, what did God really say to you? And yeah, and then... When God had told them point blank, you will surely die if you eat of this fruit, Satan comes along and says, you will not surely die. Right. So what is that designed to do? Cause them to doubt the right. truth of what God had told them. He's still up to that trick today. And doubting in God presents a lot of problems that we have because we have to answer things. You know, for instance, how did we get here? Mm -hmm. Because if there is no divine creation, if there's no divine creator, then what's our purpose in life? How did we get here? And so how, how do people in the world answer creation if they don't believe in God? Of course, a lot of them have been taught by scientists, you know, quote, unquote, that it all just happened as a result of a big explosion and uh, matter just started catapulting through the air and somehow turned into this, which turned into that, which turned into men and women. And that's just, uh, unfortunately, when you put science so-called behind something like that. In fact, I like Dwayne T. Gish wrote a book called Evolution, The Fossils Say No. It's in that book that he says the concept of a frog being kissed and turning into a prince is a fairy tale. The concept of a frog hmm. turning into a man is is science, right. so-called. Right. And he's pointing out that we call it fantasy in every other aspect, but when you say it's what explains how man came to be, so-called so science, and so that's uh, part of the problem is that some people have been duped into believing anyone that's intellectual believes that there's no God. How could you not? And if we don't believe that, like you said earlier, if we don't believe there's a creator, then there's no rule that I have to follow. Because when I was born into our family, you and mom were the heads 
of my life. You guys were the people who had authority over me. Therefore, whatever you said, I either had to be subject to or get into trouble. And truth be told, you, like every other child, right, resisted that authority at times because nobody likes to be told what to do. Right. And I could show you quote after quote, Michael, where certain evolutionists have said the reason we don't believe in God is because we don't want him to interfere with our sexual mores or our freedoms and that we don't want to be, you know, basically restrained. Uh, Peter put it like this in Second Peter chapter 2. He says they're willingly ignorant of this and they're presumptuous, they're self-willed, and they do not want to uh, be governed. They despise government. Uh, and that doesn't mean the government of the United States or whatever nation. They despise being governed. Right. With the problems that come with evolution, there's a lot of them. There's the problem of how did this actually all just happen to work out the way that it did. There's the problem of why has man stopped evolving. There are problems like that. What what problems like those come up, and how do they try to answer them? Because yeah. those two problems alone mm-hmm. seem to be insurmountable to answer so how do they kind of go about answering that Uh, of course they claim that you need time uh, and that there just hasn't been enough time yet for those changes to be made that's the claim although i will say this some of the folks who used to argue that evolution needed large large amounts of time are now arguing that no had to be more of a punctuated thing that happened (laughs) because one reason they're arguing that the fossil records don't show this transition from this turning into this. If if what they say is true, we should find in the fossil record, for example, they say a cow turned into a whale. How did that happen? A cow wanders out into the water one day and decides, I'm going to live out here instead of on land. Well, he drowns or she drowns. And then another cow thinks, well, I can last longer than that. And she goes out and she treads water longer than the first, but she drowns. And eventually they tell us there was a cow that was able to get out in the water, tread water long enough to develop a breathing mechanism and to evolve into this. And then that turned into this, which turned into offspring, which turned into eventually a whale. Now, okay, let's just, for the sake of argument, grant that that really happened there should be all kinds of fossils of a cow that was half cow half whale and that didn't quite make it to the full whale status right there isn't there isn't the fossil record to prove evolution in fact as far as the idea of apes becoming men The fossils that they would claim you could use to prove that apes turned into men are so small in number you could fit them on a regulation-sized pool table. (laughs) And even those, the ones that they claim are so true, are hoaxes. Most of them have been proven to be manufactured hoaxes. Why? Because we've got to, we can't find the evidence, so let's manufacture some. That way our life will be... Uh, free from government, and we'll also be able to keep our our job, you know, to dig in the dirt and say that we're proving something. So would you say that the problem a lot of with how evolution became so widely believed is 
people didn't fact check and people just believed whatever they were told? Yes, or what, what they they assumed that science was really behind it. I could show you dozens and dozens, truth be told, I could show you hundreds and hundreds of reputable scientists who have signed documents saying they believe in a designer, they believe there was a creator, and they might need to learn more about who he is, but they do believe someone made it. And in, in reality, except for those issues of origins of the universe, there's no other thing that we see that people don't understand, well, that had to have a creator. I mean, you and I right now are talking into microphones, and there's no one, not the best atheist in the world thinks right. that a microphone just kabooms into existence right. and that the component parts that make a microphone work and that plug into a sound system and that, you know, no one believes that happens by accident, but the people that are talking into the microphones right. did happen by accident. Right. That's just, I mean, that's so backwards. Do you know of any mishaps that have really hurt evolution? Like I've heard of people where they dug and they found bones and then they found like Coke cans and other things like that in the dirt as well. And it, they were trying to act as though this is a fossil from this many millions of years oh, ago. Yeah. You know anything like that that you could talk yeah, about? I do actually because here's the way evolutionists claim they know that fossils are as old as they are. They say, well, we know the fossil is that old because of the sediment we found it in. Okay, well, how do you know the sediment is as old as you claim it is? Well, because of the fossil we found. Right. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought you said you knew the age of the fossil by the age of the sediment. That's right. And you know the age of the sediment by the age of the fossil? That's right. Well, don't you see that's circular reasoning? Right. And in the same strata that they claim is millions and millions and millions of years old, They found a Civil War army button. (laughs) I don't think that goes back millions of years. They also found a modern-day fishing rod and reel in a strata that they claim, oh, anything found here would be millions of years old. But they conveniently ignore that when it doesn't suit their purposes. Well, and when we read in Genesis that God created Adam as a full-grown man and gave Adam the appearance of age, he wasn't the age that he actually looked because he had only been alive for a few hours, but he looked that he was much older. God could have surely done the same thing with the earth, right? Uh, Exactly. I mean, people say the earth is multiplied billions of years old. And yet stop and think about this. And I like using this illustration because it involves your son, right? my grandson, Adam, who just so happens to be named Adam. And I say, okay, the Adam of the book of Genesis God didn't create him as a helpless little baby boy that needed a mama to nurse him and raise him up and become a toddler and then become adolescent. No, he started off as a full-grown man. So on the sixth day of creation, God made Adam in the book of Genesis. Five days later, how old was he? Five days. He was five days old. How old did he look? Right. How old did he? Now, you're Adam. My Adam, when he was born on November 21st, 2017, five days later, how old was he? Five days. Did he look like the Adam of the book of Genesis? No. Because God didn't make your Adam with the appearance of age already built into him. 
So when they were both five days old, one of them appeared to be hundreds and thousands of times older than he actually was. And so if God can do that with the Adam of the book of Genesis, why couldn't he do it with the world and the creation and uh, the rocks and the dirt and the trees in the book of Genesis? He built them full grown, ready for operation, and the appearance of age was already manufactured into the equation. And it's so sad that if we were to take a lot of the same arguments made in favor of evolution and apply them to any other thing in life, people would laugh at us. Yeah. People would make fun of us. The same like you said with these microphones. If I were to suggest that the microphone just appeared when we got here, people would call an, an insane asylum at some point and say, we think he's lost his mind. Right. But the world, the very things in the world, the, the intricate DNA that we have in our bodies, the intricate you know circuit system that God placed within us, all of that is by chance. Yeah, world-renowned astronomer Carl Sagan some years ago wrote an article for Parade Magazine, which comes out in the Sunday paper, at least it used to. Uh, and this is what was interesting. His assignment was if you were in an outer space, a spaceship in outer space, and you looked down from outer space and upon the Earth and using satellite technology and infrared technology, could you, from outer space, determine whether there was intelligent life on Earth never having visited the Earth? So what he did was he put a picture taken from outer space, a satellite photo of the Washington, D.C. highway system, and said the intricate design and the grids and the intersections would be proof positive that there was intelligent life on Earth because you wouldn't get the design of the highway just by random chance. Okay, wait a minute. Right. The guys who built those highway systems, he believes, had no designer. Right. They just happened by accident. But the highways they built had to have a designer, but the people that are smart enough to build them didn't. Right. That should show you what this is really, really all about. It's not true science as much as it is. I've got to find a way to get rid of anyone being in charge of me. Well, a lot of things that come with evolution are like climate change. And, you know, they worry about the climate change. And Well, now this new thing in the last couple of years is the earth is flat. That's kind of resurfaced again, no pun intended. Um, mm -hmm. You know, with the surface of the earth, you have a circle of the earth. Right. But this resurfaced, it's come back and people are, you know, even athletes have said, yeah, the earth is flat. And, you know, do we, do we have to worry about things like that if we believe in a creator? Well, you know what? Absolute truth has taken a real hit. It's a casualty in our society. I mean, when people say they can't figure out what is a male or what is a female, when they say they can't figure out, you know, just the basics of this being this, that being that, it shows you we're at sea without a compass. Um... And this idea that you could, you know, dis that you just described shows that that people are sometimes believing in things for which they have no evidence. Why do they believe it? It's a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's something they want to believe in but is not true. Right. And it seems a lot in life, I, I say this a lot, and it happens in the brotherhood, but it happens in the world. It seems people think of something or they find something that they think is unique that no one's ever thought of, that no one's ever really preached about or taught the world about, and they hold to it with every fiber of their being, and they don't care whether it's true or not because they just think, well, I found something that no one else has. Right. And that seems how evolution got started. 
is someone had the idea, this thought, and now we're going to just spread it without real facts and real science. And that's the sad thing about it is logic gets thrown out the window when we're dealing with something that logic has everything to do with. I mean, science, you can't fake it in order for it to be accurate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I remember being in school, and sometimes when we do math problems, I would get the wrong, I would get the right answer, but doing it the wrong way. And the teacher would say, I have no idea how you did this. And that, that's really what it seems like is you can fake it with math, but with science and things of that nature, if I do the wrong thing, bad things happen and bad results are going to happen. And it seems like what we're doing with this is dangerous ground of saying there's no creator. All of this is by chance and do what you think is right because we're all here for just a little while. It's all an accident. So enjoy life while you can. And what you just said is proof of a designer because the built-in consequences for violating certain laws for example, the law of gravity. Right. If I jump off of a building and hold my arms out and start flapping them, then you know that's not going to work because right. of a law of gravity. That law had to be invented by someone. It didn't just happen by random chance. God is the one who created the laws that, that govern us. Right. Shifting gears just a little bit, we're talking about evolution, but now shifting gears back to, to just solely focusing on God itself. What is the home life like for people who don't have a God-centered home? Well, if you think about it, you can't teach the Bible to those children in those homes because they don't believe in God who gave the Bible. And so the moral principles that uh, would be taught, you know, and here's the irony of it, Michael, is there are folks who don't believe God exists. They don't believe the Bible is true. And yet some of those same folks, if you ask them, do you want your child to lie? Do you want him to murder? Do you want him to do all the things the Bible condemns? They don't want that. Interestingly, atheists want to live in a world where it's as if God existed, but they want to believe he doesn't. Uh, They don't want to live in neighborhoods where there's no uh, concept of morality but where do we get our concept of morality? It has to come from a moral governor, right? and that's God. And God, who is the creator of the world, has the right to govern it as he sees fit. It's the same rules of baseball, basketball, anything that has rules applied to it. I can't change just because it feels good for me to change it. Right. And, you know, we're Dodgers fans, and we've had some heartbreak over the last two years. We've gotten there, but not one. Well, it didn't matter when we scored a home run if we were still losing by three it didn't count for four if there were not four runs that could score. Right. And it doesn't matter how we felt about the situation. The facts and the rules were what they were, and that only counted for one run. And no matter how hard of a, of a hit that it was for the guy to make and no matter how difficult it was of a shot, and you know, it doesn't count more than three points in basketball behind that line. Instant replay is interesting because it is one of the objective standards in a subjective world because I know that you've experienced this too. We're also Steelers fans. Right. And so we see this play happen, and maybe our receiver has caught it, and we say, oh, that's a touchdown. That's a touchdown. He got both feet in. And then the video evidence shows, oh, wait a minute. He didn't get both feet down. Now what do I do? But I still think he was in. Uh, You know, emotionally I might want to do that, but in reality – I've got to accept what the evidence shows, 
And some people don't want to do that when it comes to the evidence of God's word. Well, there's a lot of foolishness that happens with this too, because I remember a couple years back when we played the Dolphins, we were down by six points, and we had this the laterals. You know, you, you're doing the last-minute ditch. You're just laddering, laddering, and you're hoping for something to open up. And sure enough, Antonio Brown's running down the sideline. He breaks past everybody, and he gets into the end zone. And I, I'm screaming and cheering, and the ref is blowing the whistle and waving it off. And I'm thinking, what? Right. And then they showed his foot touched the sideline out of bounds on his way in. And it didn't matter. He didn't cross the plane. He, was, he wasn't near the end zone. And I still remember to this day people tweeting and people commenting that he, he scored. And that that's just looking at something and saying, no, I don't think that that's true. Right, which shows you that people can allow their emotions to outrun their reason. Mm-hmm. And that happens in the existence of God argument. But I know the evidence is there, but that can't be true. So I, I choose not to believe in him. Right. Ramsey Solutions a couple years ago did a study about what would cause a marriage to fail. And there were four things that they determined. And one of the four things that could cause a marriage to fail was not having the same mind on religion. If a marriage is made and there are two believing parties of different religions, what's going to happen in that marital realm for them? They're going to struggle? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Amos chapter 3 and verse 3 asks. And you think about it, uh, one of the stories I often tell is about uh, a little girl who was yo-yoed back and forth between churches. Her daddy was taking her to one church, the one he'd grown up in. Mm -hmm. And then her mama went to a denomination across town that she'd grown up in. One Sunday she'd go with daddy, the next Sunday she'd go with mama. And one Sunday she's with Daddy, and she hears the bells ringing at the church building Mama goes to. And she says, Daddy, can I ask you something? He can ask me anything. Does God do all things for the best? Absolutely, he does all things for the best. Yes, honey. Well, Daddy, if that's true, if God really does all things for the best, why didn't he just make one church so you and me and Mama could all go to the same place? Right. And what makes that story so sad is he did make only one, but some have not been willing to accept the truth of the one church any more than some have accepted the truth of the one God. But the truth is there is a church that is designed for everyone to be a part of, and red, yellow, black, white, they're precious in his sight, and we just need to get folks in the Lord's church. You know, it's hard to think about our families struggling because of religious beliefs, but then I, I look at the time in Joshua at the end of the chapter of Joshua 24 where he says, you know, choose this day whom you'll serve, and they say, well, we're going to serve God, and he says, no, you won't. You can't. You're not going to do it. And even at the end of the chapter, he makes them sign a contract to serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that seems like such a hard thing to fathom that God's people would have to sign on the dotted line. But Joshua said, I don't trust you that you'll do this. And exactly the next chapter is Josh, is Judges 1. And Judges 1 tells me that when Joshua and the elders died, there arose a generation that knew not the Lord because the parents, the people— the fathers, the mothers, the husbands and wives stopped putting an importance of putting God in the home and of putting God first. And if God's not first in my life, my marriage will struggle. 
And that's exactly what what is so insane to think about is that you mentioned from Amos, can two walk together except they be agreed? When God put Adam and Eve together in marriage, he said, you are one. You are to function as one entity. And yet we can't do that if we're divided on things. We can't do it if we're divided. I mean, for the same principle that people would get upset if your wife went out and bought money and and spent money that you didn't have, Mm -hmm. but we're okay with them serving a different God or we're okay with them worshiping in a different way in a different religion. And it means a whole lot more than those dollars do in our bank account. And it's no wonder our kids are growing up confused in so many places because daddy's telling them one thing, mama's telling them another, neither are telling them what the Bible says in some cases and places. And so the child is like, I don't know what to believe. Well, just believe whatever you believe, honey, and that'll be all right. But the problem with that is there's no one that believes that's the way you get to one from one destination to any other earthly destination. Right. If I'm flying on an airplane, does it matter what gate I go to to board which plane I board and which departure time I leave? Do all of those things matter? Right. Well, how do I know where to go, what time to go, what airline to board? Printed information and then signage that says, all right, this is gate 18, it's 237, this is the right airline, it is the right destination, and then even when I get on the plane, most of the time I have an assigned seat except for certain airlines, and so I've got to follow the written information. If people would follow the written information of God's Word and teach that to their children, they'd know how to get to heaven. And if we make that an importance in our lives, we won't miss the mark. You know, when I do what the Bible tells me to do, if I were to do that perfectly, I would never stumble. Now, obviously, humans aren't perfect. We're going to stumble from time to time. But the faithfulness that we have in God and His Word and being faithful in how we keep it protects us from a eternity of hell, fire, and brimstone. Instead, we have an eternity of goodness and God wiping away tears and no more sorrow and pain and death, according to Revelation. And so... With this mindset of having this doubting life, like you said, a lot of children are now growing up, and they don't even ever hear that there's a God. They're never being taught this, and there's such an importance on us to put God back in the home. And so before we close this episode out, do you have any final comments you want to make? What we need more than anything else, Michael, is to get back to the standard. It used to be, and as I was growing up, even in my childhood, there was enough respect for the Bible that... Even though people that didn't agree on Bible subjects would sometimes say, well, what does the Bible say? And they'd both get out a copy of the Bible and go to the verse and at least try to figure out what it meant. Now, if you say, well, the Bible says, a lot of folks say, so? Right. Who cares what the Bible says? But if this is God's communication to his creation, and it is, then that matters. And look, no marriage I've ever seen break up has broken up because both people were following the Bible. Right. Happiness is found by following God's word. Great peace have they which love thy law, Psalm 119, 165. Yeah, First Chronicles 13 talks about Uzzah dying because he touched a holy thing because they were bringing the ark of God back in an improper way. First Chronicles fifteen thirteen, David says the reason that God made a breach against us is because we didn't consult him about the proper order. And if we don't consult God in the way that he wants our families to be, if we doubt that he exists, then we're going to have to doubt where we're going 
in this life from place to place, but we'll know eternally where we'll be. You know, when I have God on my side, I don't have to worry about what happens to me in this life. I don't have to doubt about anything. And so you might be struggling with an idea of believing that God's there because the time of miracles and the time of God speaking to us, they, they've ceased. It's no longer happening. But God's still very real. He still exists. He's still on the throne. He still rules in the kingdoms of men, Daniel 5, and he still wants people to follow him. And our lives are far better when we do that. And so we're having one more episode with my dad on this idea of a doubting life. And until then, I hope we resolve to please God now so that our eternity is far better.